Hello, New Creation Family Church. I'm happy to have you listening to this message today. Thank you for those listening on the Transformation Podcast. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, uh, be sure to let us know that that you heard this. Um, Subscribe, uh, follow, uh, share it with your friends. If you're blessed by this, and I know you will be, then uh, we sure like to hear from you and tell us where you're at in in your walk with God. Okay, we're going to start out this morning. Uh, we're teaching on faith, how faith works, or more specifically, how your faith works, how my faith works, how God designed his plan for us so that we could walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, In Hebrews chapter 11, in the sixth verse, we're not going to go there. I'm just going to quote that to you. And I encourage you, write down these scriptures that I share today. The ones we read and the ones I just tell you about, write them down. Go back over them several times. Get it in your heart so that that you have a revelation, a personal revelation of how the word works. Uh, you know, you can hear a message and it can go right over your head. <laughs> it can go in your ear, out the other side. You can forget about it five minutes after you heard it. But if you'll go write things down, you'll remember them better. And then if you go back over your notes and what you wrote down and think about them and see yourself doing what the Word says and purposing to be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only, that's when it will be effective for you. So I encourage you to do that. So how does faith work? Uh, In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, Without faith... It's impossible to please God. Now, with God, all things are possible. But with us, there are certain rules that we have to obey, things we have to do, ways of thinking that we have to have for us to be effective in our walk in the kingdom of God. So it's impossible to please God without faith. Now, God wouldn't ask you to do something that you couldn't do. Anything that he's commanded you to do, ask you to do, that's written in this word, you are able to do it. It's it's possible. He wouldn't ask you to do something that's not possible. Well, I don't know. My faith, I've, I've had used my faith and I didn't get anything. Well, there must be a step you've missed or something you didn't know about it and you didn't know how it worked. You didn't believe, what, whatever. So the Bible says that he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, there's some key things in there. You have to believe that God is. Well, there's a man upstairs. I know there's a man upstairs. Well, he's more than a man upstairs. He's the most high God. There is no other God that's any higher than he is. And and he sent his word to help you. And he did it for you. And so, 
you must believe that God is and that he'll do what he said, that he will reward those who diligently seek him. And that means that you have to spend time with this. Diligence is active participation uh, on purpose doing what you need to do. Uh, now, where does faith come from? Uh, in Romans chapter 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, and uh, that hearing and, and hearing by the word means continually hearing. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Hearing at one time isn't enough. You have to hear it and hear it. Keep it, keep it in your uh, focus. So, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, you're going to hear a lot about the Word of God today because it's the foundation of faith. In the beginning, God created, in Genesis, he, he is the story of the creation. And God said, let there be. And every time he said, let there be something, that something came to be, and it was made out of nothing. I mean, it was is made out of his faith. And so, <coughs> uh, when he said, "Let there be light," up to that point, there was no light. It says the darkness covered the face of the deep. It was dark; you couldn't see anything because there was no light. But he said, "Let there be light," and there was light. So he did that. By his words. And what we get from God, what we uh, get by faith, is by the word. So you're going to hear a lot about that today. Now, uh, in Romans 12, 3, and we're going to go back and look at this one. Romans chapter 12. And verse 3. Excuse me. It says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Now, some translations say a measure of faith. Some say the measure of faith. And, and it's not like he gave me a measure of faith for me. Although he did that for me. But the measure that he measures out is the same faith to everyone. Because what you're going to do is, by faith, is not dependent upon how much faith you have in you. It's how you use the faith that's in you. And the faith that he gave to you is sufficient for you to believe what you need to believe for to accomplish what you need to do. So, the measure of faith. And it's a powerful measure of faith. Uh, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So, therefore, that faith, that same faith that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Because that spirit dwells in you. And and so you can accomplish 
what the word says you can accomplish by faith because the faith has already been proven. It works. It's been proven in the creation. It's been proved in the resurrection of Jesus. And it's been, it's been proven. Uh, you can read the chapter 11, and there's a whole list of men and women of the, God, of, of the Bible that operated in faith and what they did with their faith. And you go back and read that, Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. You go back there and read that and see what they did. And because of God uh, backing his word, um, there's nothing that's impossible to you by faith. Okay, so now go to Matthew chapter 17. Now let's talk about this faith. Matthew chapter 17, excuse me. Um, Matthew 17 and verse... Uh, 20. Now, the backstory here, <clears throat> this man had brought uh, his son to the disciples that was an epileptic and suffered severely. And he, in verse 15, he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now, Jesus... Uh, said, oh, faithful and faithful, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cure, cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to him and said, why couldn't we cast out this devil? <clears throat> so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. They didn't believe they could. And I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, there's some things I want to say about this. Faith as a mustard seed. We used to think that, you know, the, the Bible says that uh, mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. It's really, really tiny, one millimeter or something like that. It's really tiny. Uh, and so if you just had that much faith, nothing would be impossible to you. But the mustard seed is not the measure of the faith. Uh, what you do with the mustard seed is the measure of the faith. Now, uh, what do you do with the seed? You know, if you have a, a a packet of seeds that you bought at the grocery store to put in your garden, and you put them aside because you bought them well, as soon as they put the seed rack out, and, you know, yeah, I'm going to have corn in my garden, I'm going to have tomatoes in my garden, I'm going to have carrots in my garden, you bought all those seeds, and you put them aside somewhere and, and then things started falling, ground, ground got ready and, and you think, I really need to go get that garden ready and you're busy. And so then you, you finally get the garden ready. And now where did I put those seeds? 
and you find most of them, but I know I bought some carrot seeds, but I don't see them anywhere. And so whole winter, next season comes around and you find those carrot seeds. Did they produce any carrots? No. Why not? Because you never planted them. So seeds that are not planted don't produce. Now people will say about the word, I know the word says that by Jesus' stripes I am healed. But, my, and then they give all these reasons why they don't get healed. But the reason they don't get healed is because they have no faith in that word that says, by Jesus' stripes, I were healed. Now, let me tell you something about the word. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and 17. This is important. Second Timothy chapter sixteen. No, not chapter sixteen. Three, chapter three, sixteen. Second Timothy three. Yes. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. All scripture, all of the word, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, the Word of God, all of it, is inspired by God. And its purpose is to establish doctrine, for reproof. Uh, that means that one man says something and it doesn't agree with the Word. So the word will shed light on what he thinks the word says and correct that. And then for correction, if you're not doing what it says and you see in the word that you're supposed to be doing it, or if you're doing it and you're not supposed to be doing it, the word will correct you. And for instruction in righteousness, that is knowing God's will, his way of being and doing, his his expectations, his uh, his dreams, his hopes for us. So, but the, all scripture is profitable. So, if you if you realize that the word of God is sent by God to you to help you be the best you you can be. You'll be a way step up in, in your walk with God. Now, uh, so you've got this seed. You've got this word. So what do you do? What do you do with the seed? Let's go to uh, Mark chapter 4. Now this verse of scripture, these verses of scripture, are in the first three gospels. They're Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The same, same parable. The parable of the sower is in all three chapters. Uh, I'll tell you 
Mark chapter 4, 13 through 20. You can write that down. Luke uh, 8, 11 through 15. And Matthew 13, 18 through 23. And so I encourage you to read all three uh, of, of these <coughs> passages concerning uh, the parable of the sower. But we're going to look at, at Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 4. Now, I could just camp here. I love this verse of scripture. You can find yourself in here. And when you find yourself here in here, then you can make the corrections to get uh, change what you need to change so that this works for you. Now, in the verse 3, he says, Listen, behold, the sower went out to sow. Now, what does the sower sow? He sowed seed. Okay. Now, in this parable, the seed is the word. In the uh, verse 14, it says, The sower sows the word. So the word is the seed, and the sower sows it. And then he tells, These are the ones who were sown by the wayside, the word that was sown by the wayside. And where is he sowing the word? Where, what ground is he putting this in? He's putting it in the hearts and minds of people. You. So your ground, your heart, your thinking uh, determines what that word does, how that seed reacts in you. So the, the word comes into every, all of these, all of these situations, the word is sown. But this one, when it is sown uh, on the wayside, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, Satan recognizes the word. He used to be with God. He used to be in heaven with God until he got kicked out. <coughs> so he recognizes the word. He knows the word. He knows it better than you know it. But he'll always lie about it, always lie about it, and tell you it's not the truth, or he'll take it out of context, or he will uh, distort it a little bit to make it feel good to you, and but you're missing it because it's not the truth of the word, it's a, a, a lie about the word, and so, but he comes immediately, takes away the word, and they get nothing out of that word that was sown in their heart. Okay, likewise, these are the ones, verse 16, sown on stony ground, and who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. That's good. That was good preaching, Pastor. That was good. But they have no root in themselves. They don't study it for themselves. They don't meditate on it. They don't think about it past the close of service. And so... Because they have no root in themselves, there's no place for that root to develop in them. They don't do anything to help that seed grow inside of them. So they endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Here's an example of this. 
you get a report from the doctor and the doctor says, you know, if you don't do this and if you don't do this and if you don't do this, if you continue this lifestyle you're living, you're going to shorten your life. You could die sooner than you need to. This is what you need to do. Now, everything that doctor said is what he believed about you. But you can go to the Word of God and you can find where it says, by Jesus stripes you were healed. Now, healing from God doesn't matter, uh, doesn't, doesn't, isn't limited to how you take care of your body. That all helps, and you should take care of your body. But God's bigger than that. And, and especially um, catastrophic diseases. You know, if you smoked all your life and you get lung cancer, uh, you quitting smoking isn't going to help you a whole lot. But that's what the doctor is going to tell you you need to do. And you should follow the doctor's advice. But if you're going to get heals of that, you need some God god intervention into that and so the word of god says by his stripes you were healed when jesus went to the cross he took sickness and disease on that cross with him so that we don't have to have it and so when he died on the cross with the cancer the lung disease whatever's ailing you when he died on that cross he destroyed the power of that in all of mankind and if you receive that, and so when were you healed? You were healed when Jesus took that on the cross with him. That's when your healing came. That's when it was made available to you. And so by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. I'm going to have to hurry here. So I can't stay in this any longer. So let me speed up here. But you need to hear this. Uh, when... It falls on stony ground when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So you, you get your faith out. Pastor, pray for me. And and you go home and you call up Aunt Minions. Yes, but your uncle had that same thing, and he did the same thing you're doing, and so you're going to end up the way he did. That is tribulation, persecution. Tribulation is... Um, Pressure due to circumstances and persecution is the antagonism of people. There's always going to be somebody that refutes what you're believing for. If you let them, don't let them. Okay. Now these are ones, verse 18. Now these are ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. And here we go. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. It's called the busyness of life. You know, we all are busy. This world is busy. Uh, it gets busier and busier and busier. There never seems to be enough time to do everything. So you have to let, that's a whole nother sermon. You have, have to let the Spirit of God order your steps or you get so caught up in the cares of the world 
that if I just have more money, so I work harder, so I get another job, so I do this side hustle, so I do this, and you get caught up in the deceitfulness of riches, and what you really need is more of God, more of his word, more seed, than, than all this busy work that you're trying to do. And then... Uh, uh, the desires for other things entering in. Man, if I just had a fishing boat. You know, if I had a new car, if I had, you know, uh, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things entering in. Things take precedence over the Word of God. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with some one of my best friends. Um, he had four brothers and a sister. And uh, they were faithful in church till hunting season rolled around. And the father and them boys went duck hunting, goose hunting. And uh, so, you know, during hunting season, they weren't in church because the desires of other things took the place for that. So, um, and then there's the good ground, and that's where we need to get to be. But the, the point is, the sower sows the word. Uh, you you sow it like a seed. Now, let's look at what happens to it. Uh, this is how sowing works. I can find where I wrote it down. Um, Mark chapter 4. And verse 30. Just flip the page over there. Now, to what, verse 30, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what parable shall we picture it? Now, this is a picture of how the kingdom of God works. This is the picture of how your faith works. It is like a mustard seed. Remember, we talked about the mustard seed, the little little bitty thing, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. So that little seed that Jesus talked about, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, be moved and it would move. He says here, that little seed grows so large that the birds nest in it and take shelter in it. Um, then, So the word of God, a seed when it's sown, it says we sow the word. I need to find that. It's back here. Um, I'm not sure where that is. Romans. It was in a scripture that we read, and I didn't read it all the way down. Uh, Matthew 4. Okay, Matthew 4, um, 
I think this is it. It's not right. Mark four, sorry. Okay, uh, Matthew 4, verse 26. And the kingdom of God, this is the kingdom of God, is developed by faith. It's your faith working. The kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night, and rise by day, and the seed should sprout up and grow, and he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Now this is how seed time and harvest works. The seed is planted in the ground, and in the seed is everything in its DNA for it to grow up and produce whatever the seed of. If it's a mustard seed, it'll produce a tree that has more mustard seeds. If, if it's an apple tree, it'll have apples. If it's a stock of corn, it'll have ears of corn. Uh, it produces after its own kind. The seed that goes in the ground will produce many more seeds just like it. Okay. <coughs> uh, uh, and then the ground is made to grow that seed and the water in the ground and the nutrients in the ground and everything in the ground to make that plant into what it needs to be to produce that seed it's there so the seed has in it what it needs the ground has in it what it needs and so the sower job is to plant the seed and then when it's fully grown reap the harvest and it's the same way with the word of god you don't have to know how God's going to do it. But the power to do it is in his word. You don't have to know how he's going to um, meet all your needs by his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, Brother Copeland said the Lord told him he needed a million dollars for his TV thing. And God says, I got a million ways to get you that million dollars. No matter... It doesn't matter how it's going to happen, but in the seed that you sowed is the power to get what you need if you sow it into good ground. So, uh, seeds grow. So the power is in the Word. And I heard somebody say this the other day. That's where this message came from. Let the Word work. You believe the word, you speak it out of your mouth, you believe it in your heart, you expect it to come. Matthew 
Mark, uh, let's see, Mark chapter 11. And we're going to end with this because we got to. Running out of time here. I could. Uh, Mark chapter 11. It's really hard for a teacher to preach a short message. Sorry. Um, Mark chapter 11. Uh, 23 and 24. Verily, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Now when do you believe it? Do you believe it when harvest time comes or when planting time is? When you pray, believe you receive. That's planting time. And then you have to stay with that in faith. You can't root it up and see if it's growing. You, you have to trust the word to do what the word says it will do. If the word says by Jesus' stripes you're healed, trust that. Believe that. See yourself with that. Uh, praise God that that is happening. If, if you need whatever it is you need, and you can find it in the Word, God said in His Word that uh, if we ask anything according to His will, this is in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we desire of him. We know we have the petitions we desire of him if we ask according to his will. His word is his will. If you've got it in the word that says you can have it, or that God provided it for you, or he will do it, then you can count on that when you pray. And you say, thank you, God. Your word says, by Jesus' stripes I am healed. I speak to this sickness in my body. I command it to line up with the truth of the word of God. By Jesus' stripes I am healed. And I know the doctor said this, and I know Aunt Millie said this, and I know what they say, but I know what the Word says, and the Word says, by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. That's what we're going with. And then you do everything in your power to stay in the Word, to, to focus on that Word, to praise God for that. You thank Him, you praise Him, thanksgiving. We give you glory and honor. Thank you. Thank you for the truth of your word working mightily in me. And watch what God will do. Because you're in faith. You're pleasing him. You spoke the word. You believe it in your heart. You confess it with your mouth. That's how you got born again. Believed it in your heart. Confessed it with your mouth. What did you believe in your heart? The word that says Jesus died for you. And I make him Lord of my life. You believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth. Same way you get anything from God. You believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth. The sower sows the word. That's how faith works.